And I noticed that sometimes when students wanted to say something to their partner, they attached an image to their email, if it was an email exchange, for example. Huh. And so that's how I started thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe we can just base the entire exchange on these images. That way they have something concrete they can talk about, but they also get this real insight into the target culture through these authentic images that uh, the partners take. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Teresa Schenker discusses the benefits of telecollaborative photo exchanges for language learning and intercultural competence. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. It's my pleasure to have my colleague, Dr. Teresa Schenke, on our podcast today. Dr. Schenke is a senior lecturer and the German language program director at Yale University. Teresa has recently conducted a study on the effects of using photos in online exchanges between students in the U.S. and in German-speaking countries, and we'd like to talk about this today. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Teresa. Hello, it's so good to be here. Before we get started talking about telecollaboration and intercultural learning, can you briefly uh, introduce yourself, tell a little bit more about your background, your research, your experience with languages so our listeners know who you are? Absolutely. So I'm Teresa Schenker. I currently work at Yale. I have been here for, this is my seventh year. Um, I love it. I teach all levels of undergraduate German, so beginning intermediate language, advanced culture content courses, and so on. I have a real passion for telecollaboration that is also my main research area, and I conduct telecollaboration in all my classes from beginning to advanced. I always play around with different variations of how to connect language learners with native speakers or other learners, and I, I just like to experiment and find the best ways um, to make this learning um, more enjoyable for students. So why is telecollaboration important? What are some of the benefits that you found in your own teaching? So maybe before I talk about why I think it's important, I should go back one step and tell you how I became interested in doing telecollaboration. Um, and it really goes back to when I was learning languages um, as a student in Germany and I was learning English and my teacher did an, um, a pen pal, so a letter exchange. So I was writing letters with this American high school student and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was <laughs> so excited when I would get the letters and I would write back right away and we would send each other photos to see what we looked like. And I loved it and it, it really motivated me. I wanted to learn more. I looked up the words that she used that I didn't know. And so it had such a motivating effect on me that when I then learned to be, when I trained to become a language teacher myself, I wanted to do something similar. And now we have all this technology um, that we can easily use to connect students so we don't have to write letters anymore and mail has become so slow. So that's really why I got into doing telecollaboration. And so I already mentioned one of the benefits to you, which is the motivation. I really think that if telecollaboration is set up um, in an effective and a successful manner, then students are much more motivated to learn, to put time into doing out-of-class assignments. They want to learn the language beyond the semester. They come back to us. So it's a huge motivation 
motivational booster. It increases their interest, but it also helps them with the language skills because they learn new words. They can practice writing or speaking or, you know, always depending on what format you use for the telecollaboration. And another really important factor is they can learn more about the culture. We only meet them for 50 minutes a day and there's only so much we can pack into one class. But by doing this telecollaboration as a homework assignment outside of class, they get much more exposure to authentic culture, to someone who lives in this culture and can tell them firsthand about the experiences. So the combined benefit of learning more language and acquiring cultural awareness or intercultural competence are the most important advantages, I would say. Excellent. Great. Um, So in this study that we will talk about today, you specifically had your students take pictures and also uh, their telecollaborative partners take pictures and then talk about this from a cultural perspective. So why visuals? Why photos? That's a good question. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I do telecollaboration in all my classes. So I, even when they just start, it's their first semester of learning German, they will have a telecollaborative project. And I noticed in the past in my projects that um, it, it went well, but it could have gone better. And the reason often was that their language skills were still very limited. So they, there wasn't that much that they could express with the language skills that they had. Um, so then I started thinking, what can I do to make it um, a little easier for them? And I noticed that sometimes when students wanted to say something to their partner, they attached an image to their email, if it was an email exchange, for example. Huh. And so that's how I started thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe we can just base the entire exchange on these images that way they have something concrete they can talk about talk about but they also get this real insight into the target culture through these authentic images that uh, the partners take um, so I started reading a little bit on research and obviously I came across the Cultura project at MIT which which um, maybe you're familiar with and they also they they do a similar thing where they talk about um, uh, t- so they have like words and they have students write associations of them. So for example, they could say uh, home and what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. And then one side of the exchange will write about what the associations they have with home and the other side what they have and then they compare that. And I thought that something like that could work as well with images where you give them a topic such as, okay, what does friendship mean to you? And then one side will send a picture from Germany or Switzerland or Austria, whatever your partners are. Um, and then you take the pictures here and then you can also compare what we think about friendship and what you know people in Germany might think about friendship. So that was kind of the idea. The idea was both to make it easier for beginning language learners to do a telecollaboration exchange and also to give them more of a first uh, an insight into the target culture through these authentic images. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a fantastic idea. I really like that. So as part of this study that you did, um, and actually as part of the implementation in the classroom, you used an app called Cluster. So can you tell us a little bit more about exactly what were the assignments that the students did as part of this exchange and um, what the mechanics were? How did you set that up? What did students do? Absolutely. So I decided to use Cluster because it's a free app. 
Um, so students could download it on their phones, but it's also available um, as a desktop version. So if they don't have a smartphone or they just don't want to use the app, they can also do it on the computer and also it's free. So those were the three main factors that, that made me um, choose this app. Um, the way it worked is that, uh, so we had four German 110 sections that semester. And so I partnered them with four different classes in Germany and Switzerland. Some of them were high school students and some of them were college students. Um, and our partners were learning English. So the exchange had both a German and an English component. So what we did is we assigned topics, um, such as I mentioned earlier, as an example, what does friendship mean to you? Um, and every week the students would have one topic and it would either be German or English. So the assignment made it clear if this is a German week or an English week. And all students would go out into you know, their environment and take a picture of something that they thought of when they you know, thought of friendship or home or you know, any of the topics that we assigned. They would then post this photo um, into the cluster group and write a little description about you know, what it means to them, what they thought about it. And then for the rest of the week, people would interact with each other about these photos. So they could post follow-up questions, you know, just leave a comment and just look at the images. And um, they, our students got graded on it, you know, just to make sure that they do it. Um, and then we also <laughs> did some in-class, we used some in-class time for discussing the images. And uh, the cluster has a very nice feature for that, which is the gallery, gallery view where you can look at all the images that were posted and you kind of bring them all up on the screen. And that's really nice for just viewing it, let's say, um, you know, the last four days of pictures on a specific topic where you can then use it as a warm up in class and see, you know, just talk about it with the students. Um, and so that was a nice way to tie the exchange into class as well. Awesome. That's great. So what were the results? Did the students like it? I mean, uh, you conducted a study that looked both at intercultural learning and also just the general mechanics. Did the students like it? Did they feel that they learned something? Yeah, so I, I did look at both of those points that you mentioned. The first one for the intercultural competence, we used a survey um, on intercultural sensitivity. And uh, so students did that at the beginning and at the end of the, the exchange. And the results were very positive. They did show an increase in the, the uh, it has five categories, the intercultural sensitivity survey that we used. And they increased in four of them, which I thought was a very positive result. It, it does seem to, to indicate that this type of exchange where they really get exposure to the culture um, helps them to develop interculturally. Um, and as for their own feedback, what did they like? What did they enjoy? And so on. Overall, the results were quite positive. Um, and something that the students pointed out that they liked the best is really learning more about their classmates, but also about the lives of students their ages uh, in another country. So I think that the exchange itself was also a good um, way to kind of build a community of learners in our own classroom to help students get to know each other as well. Yeah, that's great. And you know, one thing that I found particularly interesting too was that not only did students indicate that they learned about their classmates, but they also commented a lot on learning about cultural similarities yeah, rather good. than differences. So I thought that was nice that, you know, students kind of took something positive away from from this exchange rather than everybody has certain stereotypes right and and i don't think those got perpetuated through this exchange but rather the fact that students realized you know we are actually not that different that's right i i that is definitely a finding and, and a finding that i also thought was very positive that we're really not that different after all and we have a lot in common with people our age across the world basically um i thought that was very interesting yes 
Yeah. So for anybody who's interested in setting up something similar like this, how did you find the partners abroad? Uh, so there's a couple of websites on the internet uh, where you can find partners. One of them is called epals.com. Um, and it's a website that uh, caters a little more to K-12. So if you're working in that area, you can go there, you can register your class, you can find people in the target, in the countries that you'd like to work with that have the languages that you'd like to work with. Um, that's where I find, found a lot of partners. And then there's another website that caters more to the college context, and that's uni-collaboration.eu. Um, and same here, you can also set up your own class. Uh, I've also had success with Facebook groups. So there's a lot of Facebook groups for, say, English learners, uh, English teachers in Germany, um, or German as a foreign language teachers across the world. And so I would often post there. And there's a um, oftentimes there's a lot of people that are interested in these exchanges. The only thing you have to make you know, keep in mind is that uh, they often have different ideas in terms of requirements and how long the exchange should be and the details. So it takes some time to really set it up so that you all know what you're doing. And so you should plan a little bit ahead when you want to do an exchange like that. But it's it's certainly not difficult to find partners who are interested. That's great. Um, something else that I was just thinking about, too. So you mentioned that the students um, enjoyed the project, right? They They enjoyed the interaction with native speakers. And that based on your study, um, their competencies in intercultural um, areas certainly increased. I think something else that uh, the study also revealed was that students um, did feel that their language proficiency increased as well. Um, specifically writing, which I guess makes sense, right? Because the medium of communication was the written word. Um, But I think this these telecollaborative exchanges are more than, you know, just learning about different uh, cultures or the people in the target community, but really can help advance language proficiency as well. I agree with you. And I think the nice thing about it is they, that they do it in a very informal context that is non-threatening you know it's not a test it's not an essay that they have to write they were not graded on accuracy on what they were writing so they could practice they could experiment with language try out new things experiment with new words so i think it's a, it's really a very positive um, learning experience um where maybe they don't even notice that they are learning mm -hmm. but And when they look back and they ask about it, they realize how much more they can say now and how many words they really picked up through this exchange. Uh, so I think that's really a very strong benefit. And as you said at the um, beginning of our episode here, the fact that you integrated this into the first year, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I think instructors struggle with ideas um, for how to engage their learners, and this seems to be a very effective way. And you could adapt the type of assignments and tasks that students are given as they advance in their language proficiency. Absolutely. You can always make it more difficult to require them to have to write more um, or anything like that. But there, these projects are so flexible, you can really make them work for your context and for your specific learning goals and your students. Can you comment briefly on some other apps that are available for similar telecollaborative exchanges that focus on visuals and photos? 
absolutely. So one other one that I've considered using and then in the end did not use is Tumblr. Um, I've used Tumblr for photo projects before uh, that I did just within my class. Um, there's a few things that I really like about Tumblr and a few I don't like as much. So it, it, it will depend on what the teacher's um, individual preferences are. What I like is the layout functions of Tumblr. It, it has a great layout. It, it's visually appealing. It really makes the photos stand out and you can appreciate the photos for what they are. What I don't like is that the commenting function is more difficult. Uh, so it kind of depends. If you really want to focus on the images and, and you don't need students to write that much at all, then you could definitely use Tumblr. If you find the comments to be uh, very important, you want students to write quite a bit, then maybe Tumblr is not the best site uh, for the interactive part. Um, another uh, uh, website you could certainly use is Facebook. I have actually used Facebook in the past for a photo exchange in a higher semester and it worked extremely well. Um, Facebook has a few features that, that lend themselves to such an exchange, especially the tagging function. You can tag a person um, if you want to ask a question of a specific person and they will then see that and be able to respond right away. This is something that uh, Cluster does not have and we found that to be a bit of a disadvantage. Um, so those three would be the ones that I would recommend. There are other apps available um, that I would have to look more into, but my initial checkup of them made them less um, valuable than the one I ended up using. But if somebody had more time, there's certainly more that could be explored. I see. Awesome. Great. Um, I think this project is, is really fascinating uh, on so many different levels. Lots of ideas for our listeners to think about. Um, I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today, Teresa. Thank you so much for the wonderful work that you do. Well, thank you for having me. It was very nice to talk to you about it. Next week, we will talk about music and cultures with Daniel Bass. Dr. Bass is the manager of the South Asia program and adjunct assistant professor of anthropology and Asian studies at Cornell. He is also the host for a local radio show, called Monsoon Radio that runs bi-weekly on Tuesday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. on WRFI 88.1 FM. Until then, auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupowitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.